did you actually cut your own hair? Like you didn't go out like Bing cut oh, your hair? No, no, I, I, I use the clippers on my own, my own head. Yeah. It looks yeah. very even. Like it looks. Well, if you saw the back, I think you would see some <laughs> uneven, but, but like I can see what's going on here, right? It's not too bad. Good yeah. thing we're all remote now. It's true. Yolanda Ho is currently the HR and operations manager at Seamless MD, where many folks internally would agree that she is the lifeblood of our company's culture. She holds a BA in equity and bioethics from the University of Toronto and a certificate in human resources management from Ryerson University. Yolanda has worked in long-term care for 10 years, international healthcare recruitment for one, and Seamless MD for three. Around the office, you can catch Yolanda screening future employee candidates, making food for everyone, or planning the next company social. Yolanda, welcome to the show. Thanks, Alan. Nice to be here. Really? I guess so. I guess I was forced. Welcome. Now, Yolanda, um, obviously, you know, in your bio, I expressed how much we love you at the office and all the things that you do for everybody at the office. Today, we're obviously not at the office, and we haven't been at the office since COVID started. Uh, and that's obviously thrown kind of uh, a real wrench in, in sort of how we view culture and, and how specifically you kind of bring the team together, um, which I'm sure we'll, we'll dive into that. Then maybe to start this episode, uh, what we're going to be looking at is, you know, definitely how to foster startup company culture during COVID-19. But I think more broadly to start, uh, maybe we can define what is culture and, and how do you view culture uh, with, with Seamless MD? Yeah, that's a great question. And I get asked this question quite a lot, especially during interviews. I think people see HR and ops and are like, what do I ask them? What about culture? Um, for me personally, I think culture has been thrown around in the startup community um, to be defined, defined as something that's like um, very specific. So um, I never worked in startup. I've never worked in a startup before Seamless. And from working here for the past few years, I see a lot of companies define startup culture like with ping pong tables and like beer Fridays and um, we're super cool and we, we're really in the tech scene. But I think for Seamless, our culture is really a combination of all of our team members um, kind of blending together and working towards a common goal. So an analogy that I kind of made up in my mind is if you've ever been in like a choir or a band, uh, each like I was in both because I was a nerd. Everyone who's in choir or in band, like you're, you're, you're from different backgrounds, right? So you don't have a lot of cool kids, not all cool kids, they're all nerds or whatever, but you're all working towards a common goal, which is, I would say the end product, like doing a performance. So I would say Seamless's culture is kind of like that. We're a bunch of completely different people with different working styles and different personalities that like all have the common goal of creating an end product that's pretty fantastic. So I would probably define culture for us as how we work together and how we create like the best possible environment for each other and accept all the different types of people that uh, come in to the company. Yeah, I like that. So it's it's kind of like these complementary skill sets and backgrounds and that diversity kind of uh, added together is what makes up the culture of Seamless MD. 
Josh, I know you have a, a, a specific or maybe a bit more specific definition of culture that, that you've kind of always been operating uh, from. Do you, do you want to cover that? Yeah, and if you honest, like, I, I, when I was thinking about like this podcast for today, I was even Googling around like how do different people define culture because I don't think there's a lot of really like universal definition for like what is company culture in general. And like the one that like I found that that I think like resonated me the most is this idea that a company's culture is kind of the the behaviors and values that the company like chooses to live and act by. And like to Yolanda's point, like when you're bringing people together, um, we have this term like culture fit where like generally the people who join Seamless have values or believe in certain behaviors or, or principles that everyone else in the company generally does. Otherwise, like you wouldn't feel good about the interview like on, on both sides, right? Um, and, um, you know, there, I think there's a couple of things that, that like we hold dear in the culture of the company. Um, and it's like one that, like, you know, we, we promote a lot is like we have these three operating principles of, you know, speed, simplicity, and customer centricity. So things like, you know, speed being progress is better than perfect. Um, better to move quickly than spend, you know, hours and hours overthinking something, knowing that we can course correct. Simplicity being about making it easy for the team to be at its best, making it easy for our customers to buy, use uh, our product and grow with us. Um, and then customer centricity, which is about um, always making decisions or acting as if our customers were in the room with us so that way we're, we're putting them first. Um, and so I think a lot of people who identify with that um, fit really well here. And I think there's a few other things I always think about in terms of like who ends up being a really good fit here. It's people who, you know, are super mission driven. I mean, you will touched on like everyone who's like who really cares about the end product. I think everyone here is generally pulled to this idea of, you know, helping patients get the right care at the right time. Um, even if you're not from the healthcare world, I think people who come here just really, really care about the mission, the social mission of the company. And I think that like, there's all these, like those parts of the culture that they really formed the, the DNA. Um, and I don't think there's like a right or wrong culture. Like, I don't think every company should have the same culture. I think you kind of have to just like find like almost like the right family that your values and behaviors just built really, really well in. And I think that if, if you kind of, bring people in who are almost like two different in values, that's when trouble happens. But if you're all kind of on the same page as a family, I think like really, really magical things happen. I think I think probably what Yolanda really focused on is how do we like kind of keep that family culture here? Um, mm -hmm. Like grow it, like evolve it, but don't like, you know. Skew it. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I yeah. think what's the best part about Seamless is despite how different each individual is the fact and exactly what you said because we all believe in the same you know mission and values we kind of adapt and grow our culture as different people join the team so the best part about seamless's culture i think is the fact that we see each addition of the team as like a new like add to our culture you know like what can you bring to the team because we're all so excited about you know healthcare and patient-centered care and just an exciting opportunity to to always be growing together and 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 our culture isn't just one thing um and yeah mm. i like that and you know in addition to this kind of like ever growing culture and and the different people that we're adding into the mix and it's kind of this you know cultural mixing pot of different ideas and 
and values that kind of are all in the same wavelength. Keeping with that, Yolanda, a big thing that you do with the company is uh, kind of engage in these sort of uh, almost like common rituals to, to somewhat maintain kind of a, a balance as the company grows. Um, and, you know, every company has rituals of different kinds, like regular activities that the company will do together. Are you able to talk about some of the, some of the, the main kind of rituals that Seamless MD has and, and that we always kind of partake in as a team together? Yeah, for sure. Um, so every Monday, we have a Monday All Hands, which includes, you know, company updates, and we get to hear um, all about patient stories. So it's really important to us to actually hear from the patients that use our product to get that both positive and constructive feedback on areas we need to improve on. Um, and that's also an opportunity for all of us to be together, especially um, now that we're remote. So we have Monday All Hands and we also get to do shout outs during that time as well. Um, and also- What, yeah. what are shout outs, Yolanda? So shout outs are literally shouting out your team members for um, you know, things they've done in the past week. Like, like yelling, we're yelling, right? You'll end up. Right? <laughs> shouting, they just like, shout at someone. Shouting, <laughs> shouting out, making sure everyone can hear it on the street outside. Um, that, you know, Alan did a fantastic job last week. You know, he brought in a lot of leads and whatever sales things that he does. I don't know. Um, something, something about the podcast, you know, episodes. And, and <laughs> so we can shout out Alan and give him kudos for for all the great things that he does. And it's it's a really great way to recognize our team members. Um, so we do shout outs. And then on Wednesdays, I started this bi-weekly donut thing. So for those of you who have um, used Slack before, they have this like donut app where they pair, they used to pair us, I think it was bi-weekly too when we were in the office with someone random in the team and you can go for a coffee. Um, now I manually make the teams bi-weekly with groups of like three or four where um, every Wednesday morning you can just like have a Zoom call or a meet call with those people and just talk about literally anything. So um, yeah, like this week I was telling uh, our teammates that we think a squirrel came into our apartment by accident. That was, that was a, a weird story. Um, and then um the last Speechless. <laughs> i like how you said it I, I like how you said it was maybe by accident like <laughs> well, okay it was definitely on purpose because why I, i'm sure the squirrel i don't know what the squirrel was thinking but we came home and like on i have like a area where i have all my plants indoors and we just saw i kid you not holes inside my plants with dirt just everywhere and i was oh my God. and i thought anyway it was a little bit traumatic and we thought the squirrel was inside i digress um, and on Fridays we have product demo, which is like the engineering team gets to show us all the cool things that they, they've done. Um, they're not just like, so we know that they're actually doing something and then, um, and improving the product. And we also have lightning talks on Friday, um, which gives everyone a 30 minute opportunity to learn about lightning. Um, we've all become experts in lightning, new members of the team, when they come in, they have to learn about all the lightning facts that we've learned in the last like three, 12 years. Or Wait, so, so Delilah, at this point, you're, you're pretty much an expert on lightning then. Do you mind telling off, I don't know, five facts that you know about lightning that you've learned? <laughs> these lightning right? Talks? And lightning is the light part and thunder is the sound. <laughs> we, got, we got two. We got two <laughs> facts. Two facts there. Uh, Sometimes it comes with rain and it happens in the nighttime. That's a great pretty good. Yeah. Uh, all right. 
So lighting talks is actually a 30 minute um, kind of like opportunity for team members to present on anything that they want. So today, Javon, who's uh, on our engineering team, talked about 5G uh, last week. Who did? I can't remember. That's really bad that I don't remember. Oh, Gloria. Gloria did hers on how to be frugal. Worry, we'll, we'll edit that out. Yeah, don't worry about it. We'll edit that yeah. out. <laughs> Wink, Alan, we'll edit it out. Don't remember anyone's lighting talk. I don't remember my own. Josh, sometimes we have Josh Jeopardy, which is really fun. So, it's been a while since yeah, Jeopardy. Yeah, it has been a while. Yeah. Yeah. That's really fun. Uh, the, 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 actually, the, the best ones really are, are Willie's because the topics range from Ebola to, oh gosh. When he built the computer, that was so funny. It was like our CTO oh, spent yeah. building a computer. Like, wow. <laughs> but the, the, the best Willie one is where he showed up and he said, yeah, I don't have anything planned, but I'm taking everyone for ice cream or something. Or, or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was back in the day. Yeah. Actually, and that was fun because Lightning Talks, um, you know, back in the day, we were in kind of one room together and it was, it was a little tiny office and it was crowded and everybody was there. But Lightning Talks kind of made it fun because it was, you know, everybody stops working. It's the end of the day on Friday. It's I, I think at that time it was maybe like 3.30 or, or 4 o'clock or something. And so everybody, even though we're all together in this space, it kind of transformed the space all of a sudden into a TED Talk and, and somebody's presenting on some unique topic. And, and, you know, over the years, every week that we're doing this, like we're learning so much, like, uh, all, all these random facts and all these different topics and I think that's you know it's 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 fun actually I, I like it a lot I think the best part about it is when you know when you work with a team member or like your team you don't actually know that much about their other interests so when you give someone an opportunity to talk about anything for 30 minutes you're like wow you know how to do like you know this like you're not just Alan, you just don't, you're not just doing sales all day or editing or whatever. Well, actually it was kind of obvious when you did yours about cameras and stuff like, oh wow, Alan knows about cameras. Like, Camera, film, film coloring. I think I did one, I did one once on like just my, my top Netflix shows. Yeah, <laughs> that was a good one. I was like, here's my Netflix shows. Yeah, those are, those are always the last minute lightning talks. Like, oh shoot, it's my week. I don't have anything planned. Let me just tell them what, what shows I like. Yeah. <laughs> okay I, that, that's my jeopardy alan right yeah so jeopardy takes planning that's good i like that a lot um yolanda you know you've brought up obviously how working remote has changed things quite a bit how has it impacted seamless md from a cultural standpoint or in terms of how seamless operates have you found that to be particularly challenging or yeah um i think Working remotely has brought a lot of challenges that I didn't really anticipate until we ended up, you know, abruptly all moving um, back home. So something that I personally love is being able to be in the office and there's an energy when you're in a space. And this might be a very like millennial thing for me to say, but there's a vibe in the office, you feel an energy in the office. Um, when everyone is in there and, or someone had like a bad day, you can see it, you can sense it, right? But now that we're remote, it's it's quite isolating, and and I think the biggest concern for me personally, as you know, HR and ops, is making sure that I'm checking in enough, but not coddling team members. So when you're in the office, it's very easy to like walk by someone's desk or like pull them aside and be like, hey, you want to go to McDonald's or you want to go get a coffee, you want to go for a walk, I'm checking in. Or someone had a really tough demo or a tough call, you know, you can you can see and you can just even messaging them on Slack because you can see them from the corner of your eye, just making sure that they're okay. But now that we're remote, it's like 
you don't want to be that person or that HR manager that's like messaging each like someone every Wednesday at three o'clock. I'm going to message Alan being like, hey, you doing okay? And, and you want to strike a proper balance also when you're doing socials or creating events. Like we're in the middle of a pandemic. You don't really know what people's personal lives are like also. We're at home. There's a difficult there's a difficulty in, you know, creating, drawing that line between what's work and what's home. So you don't know if people are working too much or too little, or, you know, if they're going, or, or someone at home has COVID or is really stressed or, you know, someone's spouse lost their job. You don't know any of this stuff. And so to have a social every week could be for some people really exciting because they live alone or for some others, they could be like, ugh another work thing like I have to be on another call for another hour after I've just worked 10 hours so I think the challenge is really striking a balance and knowing when to push forward and when to push back so um I think we're still trying to figure it out but um it it really not just you Ellen I think uh oh maybe I'll I'll fill in I'll fill in her words (laughs) it really okay it, it cut off uh, midway through your sentence there, Yolanda. That's okay. That's like all. You were saying all... the important thing is to strike a balance. Um, that's fine. That was the end. That was the end. Yeah, that was the end. It's that was the end. Okay. Let's strike a balance. And, and, and God. That's fine. Even like things like this, right? Like working remotely, I'm in the middle of a sentence, it gets cut off. Or if I'm having a meeting with someone and they're like, I want to tell you something really personal, like Yolanda, I'm going through some stuff. And they're like opening up their heart and all of a sudden the internet cuts out. I'm like, Mm. what, what, you know, in real life, I don't have, I'm like walking with someone, they can really tell me what's going on. But at home, if the internet cuts out, the internet cuts out. And then maybe sometimes they don't feel comfortable telling you something anymore. Or, you know, it's just it's not the same and it's really tough um especially if you're you're used to and i i think it's you know i'm used to really being involved in people's um days and i I really do miss that so that's one of the biggest challenges i think so far i i feel like a lot of that comes up particularly um like when we're onboarding new people and like you know yolanda's had to lead a lot of remote onboarding for new team members and it's almost we have to be very intentional about like communicating with new team members um, regularly during the early onboarding. And I'm, I'm guilty of, of, you know, not doing as well as I, as I would like. So, you know, when we're in person and someone's onboarded, um, you know, as I mentioned, you can just like walk through the office and you can, it, it, seeing that new person in the office, like, like triggers you to like, you know, say hi and see how they're doing and start to build that relationship. But when you're on just you know, Slack all day, there's no obvious trigger to be like, Oh, I should, I should like paying this person, see how they're, you know, third or fourth day is going so far and check in on them um and we, we, we lose that by going all virtual and I, I think Yolanda's doing a really good job of like being very intentional about checking with people but I think mm-hmm. for people like myself who aren't you know thinking about that as much as we should like we're like I'm missing on that right you know and um I think that for me that's a hard part and I can't imagine how difficult it is for, for people to onboard remotely right now so honestly mm-hmm. a lot of kudos to like, like any new team member who joins us or a new organization at this time, it is really hard to to build relationships. And I think companies have to be very intentional about like making these. I think one of the things that Yolanda does, right, is you you, you facilitate like one-on-ones for people like in the first few weeks and making sure you get time to know everyone because it's hard. 
Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, sorry, I was going to say, you also don't know if like on the flip side, I think it's better to maybe over communicate in the first few weeks than under communicate. Um, I think we're really blessed to have a team that does actively check in on the new team members in their department. So, um, I mean, fingers crossed they do that, but um, yeah. You know. Well, since we're monitoring everyone's, uh, you know, communication, you know, we, we know who's checking in right now. I'm kidding. We don't, do that. <laughs> don't expose me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's why we paid for the enterprise version of Slack, right? You'll let it know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's great. Yolanda, one thing that I really admire about, you know, something since you've joined the team um, is there's definitely been an emphasis on diversity and inclusion in the company's culture. And, you know, you look around when we were at the office, you would look around the room and you'd realize that, you know, for let's say like genders, for instance, it was a whole mix. It wasn't like, you know, a male dominated company or anything like that. And I think that extends even to, um, for instance, like the board and, and all the hires. Um, and so I, I'm, I'm curious, you know, how do you view diversity and inclusion when you're looking at hiring and when you're thinking about hiring? Yeah, that's a great question. And I know it's a really hot topic right now for a lot of companies and, you know, HR and people ops people, people ops people. Wow. Um, so I don't know if this is a politically incorrect way to say things, but I think we're even very lucky in how diverse our team organically kind of grew. And it's a really great reflection of the city that we live in, right? So Toronto is so culturally diverse. We're so lucky to have such a diverse pool of applicants. And in healthcare, especially, there's there's so much diversity in, in, in um, the pool of candidates that we can hire. I think how we got to this um, place, uh, I mean, I can't just say everything is luck. Um, just following the qualifications of what we're looking for, right? So we have when we hire, I manually screen, like maybe it's because we're lucky we're so small and, and before we, 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 this is the only way we could do this, but manually screening every single resume, looking at it, or I don't do this anymore, but looking at it on the computer and, and making sure, you know, they meet the minimum qualifications. But also if we're looking to fill a role um, that we don't, that we have but we're looking for different like experience or um like a more diverse set of experiences we might pass a candidate through because you know they might have had interest or worked in a different area in healthcare or they have a very unique um like set of experiences like they i don't know like there's a lot of different types of people out there and you just throw them into the mix and um I think by really focusing on the qualifications first and um, talking to everyone as, as many people as you can um, and really seeing how they, what they can bring to the team has allowed us to grow such a diverse team. You know, if you want to check off the boxes of like diversity and inclusion, like we have all, all the directors in our company are women of color, like the, the C-suite is our, our people of color, our board of directors, you know, like um, but I don't think we're trying to check off boxes at Seamless. It's really genuinely like the quality of candidates that we get. And it just so happens that it reflects the diversity of the city. Um, I don't know. I don't want to change anything that we're doing because I think what we're doing is, is, is what's making us um, such a great team and diverse team. So I don't know if that's a, I don't know if that's a good answer, but um, mm -hmm. 
anything to add, Josh? Or no, I, I think you made a really good point. I mean, I, I, I mean to be honest, like I, I don't think Yolanda, like truthfully, we, we, like you said, we, I don't think we've had to be intentional about hiring for diversity in any any way. I, I think I think obviously we keep an eye on the numbers, and I think that if we saw it trending too much in one direction or the other, we, we, we would certainly like sit down and rethink, hey, like, is, is there anything going on in our process that is that's biased in any way? But I think we've been lucky that that so far the data has shown that it's been pretty balanced. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you're right. I think being in Toronto makes it a bit easier for sure. Mm-hmm. I think I think your point being in healthcare definitely makes it easier. And also I think because we're in healthcare, I think even our, our roles are pretty diverse. Mm-hmm. Like we have, I think in some ways, maybe more diversity of roles than some other companies some other technology companies that maybe are let's say, mostly engineering or mostly just engineering and sales. So I think the fact that we have such diverse roles that attracts like diverse types of people, um, both in terms of not just like ethnicity or, or orientation, but also just like skills and everything. And so we have this nice little, um, gosh, like what's a good analogy for like a, a jumble of like different things? What's the hot analogy these days for uh, I feel like mosaic. Mosaic works. I was going to say a paella. Like a, paella. <laughs> a pizza. We're a pizza. We're a pizza. Yeah. Um, wait, wait. If you say paella, could I use like, like fried rice? Is that is that a good way to? Fried rice. Yeah, yeah, fried rice works. Or pizza. pizza Yolanda? I said pizza because obviously. Yeah, pizza is a good one. Pizza casserole paella. Yeah. A poke bowl. All- you know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, burrito. A burrito. We're a burrito wrapped together in a. In a you, you know the best part of having a diverse team is that if you're ever if ever able to do a potluck again, like you'll get some like really oh, cool true. like diverse. So stuff. true. It's so true. Fortunately, yeah. we're not gonna be able to do a potluck in a while because. Of- so, uh, side comment. Um, when I was in school, one of my favorite like school events was, what do they call it? Uh, world world something night the one where like you have like pavilions for different countries what do you call that yes we i don't know if it's like world celebration night or something what do you call it we called it multicultural night but that was like in grade seven something like that yeah and i remember uh one year i signed you you can sign up for any you know country or or culture you want you don't have to stick to the one that you're in i remember one year i signed up for (laughs) the canadian (laughs) pavilion okay that was pretty hilarious <laughs> what, did, what? what did you make uh, i don't know what do we probably what was it like pancakes and maple syrup with maple okay. syrup being with me. i don't know um <laughs> that was pretty funny though that's great so yolanda as you know we've just raised our series a and we're kind of off the heels of that and uh, a big reason for the raise was because of COVID 19 and there's an increased demand for digital patient engagement in the marketplace today and so as a result of that, we're now having to expand our team quite rapidly. So I think we're almost doubling the team or that's the, the projection in the next little while. Um, is there anything to do with that fact that kind of concerns you? Um, the fact that we, we have to rapidly expand the team and faster than we've, we've done historically? Yeah, uh, I think a lot of that concerns me and in a positive way, right? I think um, it's really exciting, but it's, it's, it's a little bit nerve wracking because we need to expand the team so quickly, but we've been so selective in how we hire um, and who we bring onto the team that it's kind of like, okay, we have to hire people really quickly, but we also have to make sure that we're doing things right. We aren't um, hiring candidates willy nilly because we need to fill a slot. Um, one of my biggest concerns, as we mentioned before, is when we're onboarding new candidates, um, 
this time it's not like we're adding one or two it's doubling the entire team and what i what i don't want to happen which can happen really quickly is a divide between the ogs of the company who have been here since founder to to 16 and then all of a sudden there's like these newbies that that you know um aren't as familiar with the company or the company culture and and i think that could naturally happen especially um when we're not together working so closely together and another concern that i have is when you hire so quickly something we don't really think about is how much work um it takes to onboard people so um we have to leave room for people to make mistakes in order to learn we have to leave room for people to you know think about what they can pass off how they can they can transition their clients or their work um while not putting too much pressure on the people who are who are coming on um and also recognizing like you're gonna have to kind of manage the person for a while until until they get familiarized with the company with the culture with our mission with with the processes and what we do so growing that quickly is 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 going to be interesting i think it's going to be the first time for a lot of us as well um i think we are conscious of these struggles and um because we're aware that 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 these are some things that we have to think about. I'm I'm confident that if like when we do double in size, which is like I can't believe we're gonna double in size, you know. Um, I think we'll do it in in a in a way that's that's um, that's compassionate and and kind and and really thoughtful when we bring on new team members. And I hope the rest of the team and and all the new members that end up joining us understand that um, everything that we do is with good intentions and and with hopes that they feel like a part of the family and not any less um just because they started you know later with the new cohort or whatever mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah I, I'll, I'll say yolanda you know <clears throat> as much as some of this stuff concerns you, you you have done a really great job at kind of implementing certain processes um especially you know we've already hired new people since COVID started and and just the 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 processes that you've put in place for onboarding during this remote period, I think is really awesome. Um, it's been really smooth so far. I haven't noticed any, uh, you know, crazy things happen to the culture or to the the new people joining the company. So I think I, I just wanted to say you've done a really good job and, and you know, the concerns are definitely valid and it's, it actually, um, it's kind of nice knowing that you're looking out for that, that those things and, and that is kind of top of mind for you. There seems to be a trend right now with big tech companies uh, all over the world that are moving to remote work almost indefinitely um, at this point. Do you see that happening for Seamless MD or, or what are your thoughts on going remote indefinitely? Yeah, this might be a little bit like controversial, but I would hate it if we went remote um, indefinitely. Um, funnily enough, Seamless, and with the, obviously I'm, I'm really happy that Josh and I are on the same page. Um, we're actually in the process of signing on a, a new office space that's double in size actually. So we're doing the opposite of what a lot of tech companies are doing. And I'll tell you why it's, it's because of all of the points that we were talking about before, right? Like what's really important to me and to us and I think to our team is the opportunity to be able, just having the option of, going in person and being together. Maybe it's once a week, maybe it's three times a week. Um, we're not saying that you have to be in the office every single day, but 
I think having in-person interactions are incredibly, incredibly important to foster uh, like and maintain a positive work culture and work environment. It's so easy to misinterpret um, messages or meetings, even if it's through a video call, like I can have a difficult conversation with Josh like in person and I could feel really, really horrible about it. But if we were in person, I could, he could probably sense or maybe like, hey, hey, Yolanda, like you want to go for a walk and like talk about it later or like, I think my message may have sounded a little bit aggressive. My intention wasn't that, like clarifying things, you know, because you know how Josh is so aggressive all the time. <laughs> always saying, but it's, I just think communication is easier in person, you know, mm -hmm. fostering the culture is better in person. Reading the room is easier when you're in person and mm -hmm. getting to know each other is just easier in person. So that was the long answer. The short answer is just, no, they're not going to go uh, remote, I don't think. Um, mm -hmm. Personally, I don't think it works for Seamless. So, Yeah, and I think um, there's definitely been a lot of de debate about this online. And I think one of the things that I, I've learned, you know, being, being in this company for so many years is, and also like learning about other companies and organizations, there's no like one right way to, to build an organization and what ends up being right for one company might not be right for another company. Every company is just different. I mean, even on this topic, I think like Netflix is, was very big on um, office is important and that's not going away. And in fact, I think they're one of the companies that just started buying up more office space lately. And there's companies, I think like, what is it? Was it Microsoft, mm -hmm. for example, and then Shopify that got, I think both fully mm -hmm. remote now, or they've announced it, you know, in the last few months or recently. And I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. I think just depending on the culture and the needs of the organization, some need in office and are investing in, others are saying, you know what, like we want to go fully remote. And I think you know, point, at least right now, it feels like, um, at least for me, I think a hybrid, at least for now, yeah. like makes the most sense. I think to Yolanda's point, I don't think we're going to go back anytime soon to a, to seeing, you know, people in the office like five days a week, but I don't think it's unlikely that we will see people come into the office, you know, maybe like once, twice, three times a week, and then work remotely the rest of the week. Um, mm -hmm. Even even if like the pandemic, uh, you know, is cleared and there's like a successful vaccine, everyone's fine. I still I still think a hybrid is going to be more common long term. Mm -hmm. And I think and then that's probably going to be a good thing for most organizations. And then I also yeah, I, I mean, as, as much as I'd like to believe that you can do everything remote, I just feel like for the type of work that we do, that that human component maybe it's a healthcare thing maybe it's the fact that like all our customers can't go remote because they're at hospitals mm -hmm. all day right but but there's a human element to, i think the culture of the company where even if it's just like one or two days a week i think that ends up making a really positive impact on the team here to be able to have that opportunity to interact now i think we've been very successful working remotely like almost exclusively for the past like six seven months but i do think there's enough of a, a human component to our team that just having the the, the availability of an office for certain team members to come in and interact is going to be important for the culture, uh, at least for the, for the, you know, the next couple of years. So, um, yeah, but yeah, I think, I think also too, like, you know, Yolanda and myself are open-minded though. Right. And so like, if, if we learn new things over the next year or two, that makes us um, change our mind on remote thing. I think we'll be open-minded to that. Um, I think that's part of the positive part of the culture is that our company isn't very, rigid on doing things one way or another like if if we learn new things or the data changes we're willing to to think differently too yeah i think we're also in a very 
like I feel very privileged that we're able to do that um and you know have the option I know some companies have to cut like think the office investment is a cost savings um I think we're in a really lucky position that we were able to give our employees that option I also think Josh and I have really thought extensively about you know you know even if 80% of the team enjoys working remotely all the time, there's always going to be some people that don't have the luxury of having a lot of space at home or having a great internet connection or, you know, not needing to share a small space with a partner or a family member or kids. So um, if we're able to provide an option um, and not require mandatory in-person, depending on people's comfortability, I think it's, it's for us, it's important to recognize that there are different needs that we might not know um, about our team members and to provide people with the option is, is, is and, and because we can is, is important to us. So. Well, can I throw out a question to both of you? So I know we've been talking a lot just now about like how maybe we're, we're a little bit contrarian to some other technology companies where we actually think the ed office has, has, has value still even during the pandemic into the next year but like what is something that you actually have really liked about doing more work from home am i going to get a, am i going to get in trouble for this uh, <laughs> answer uh, more time to watch netflix all day than like i don't know maybe <laughs> okay i'm gonna be completely honest like everyone knows that i wake up very very early um every day working from home has allowed for occasional naps yeah, fair. I need them. I'm not saying I'm napping all the time. You know, I answer when I need to answer, but sometimes you just want to lie down. Well, um, I mean, I used to nap in the office, Yolanda, so it's probably not that big of a deal. Okay. I'm dead serious. I, uh, Phil and, and I used to do that. I know, but like, I'm, sometimes you see, like, there's just a room that's with the lights off and the door closed. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I, I thought that was just, uh, an important meeting. That's what oh, we would say. <laughs> important meeting. Don't come in. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, you can go for it. Yeah. I, I was going to say napping and um, being able to make whatever I want to eat at home. Right. That's literally. That was going to be mine as well. Like just the, the fact that I can, you know, buy fresh food and, and then cook it while I'm at home and I don't have to like, pack a lunch and, and always plan ahead like that, that definitely helps a lot. Um, I've also found for myself personally, and, and maybe it is different for other team members, but I've definitely been more productive as well. And I think it's kind of all of that together where it's, I don't have to stress about what I'm going to eat. I know there's food here, um, you know, getting coffees throughout the day, things like that. Like it's all, you know, in my kitchen and where I need it to be. And so that definitely helps my productivity. The downside to it and I know we've touched on it already but maybe that work-life balance uh it, it's a little bit fuzzy and there's a definitely a gray area um there's certainly times during this pandemic where I'll be working well beyond the the normal work day um whereas maybe at the office I wouldn't have done that so much but I think everything has new challenges and new things that you have to learn and so finding you know maybe that was early in the pandemic that was kind of the the main thing that I had to learn and then later on in, in today it's not really a, as big of a deal but um, definitely the food component I think is the the biggest nice thing about remote work yeah I think for, for me too the food um, 
for me, particularly with the coffee. Like, so I, I, so Alan, actually, you're talking about your Nespresso. I, I got an Nespresso a couple wow. months ago. Um, same one, like the virtual or whatever it is. Um, hey, by the way, that's an advertisement. So hopefully, yeah. <laughs> we're gonna tag on sponsored content. <laughs> uh, so yeah, definitely the coffee and the food. Um, and I think like for me and Anna, I think you can appreciate this too. Like Alan and I, have, you know, typically done a lot of traveling, a lot of, a lot of flights. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, honestly, it's kind of nice that like, we're not hopping on a plane every week. And, yeah. um, and also like, I've really appreciated the fact that a lot of our, our customers and hospitals have really adopted, you know, zoom in yeah. general, the way we have. And the fact, and I'm sure they appreciate too, like the fact that we don't have to like travel for like an hour you know ride just for like a 30 minute meeting it's kind of nice you know now yeah. it's not nice like you said like when like the internet cuts out and like people freeze but when that doesn't happen it's pretty good kind yeah. of like that yeah it, working. yeah like, i think part of my 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 hope slash what i think will happen is that even if things open up again and and we could travel more and i think we will at some point of course but I think more and more of our hospital partners are going to say, Hey, you know what? Like this video thing is pretty good. You don't have to fly here just for this one hour meeting. Like, let's just, let's just do it on zoom. Um, that's okay. Maybe, yeah, maybe come once a year, but don't maybe come like four times a year just for a, a one hour chat. Yep. I think that will happen a lot. Definitely. Yeah, I agree. Saving that money. Wait, so Alan, um, if things open up again, is the, like, how are we going to do the podcast? Like, are we going to, are we going to sit in like three different rooms in the office and do this or? I was, I was even thinking about that. Yeah. I mean, it, I'm completely impartial to it. I think there was one episode where I was in the office and so it was different, but I was thinking kind of like a Joe Rogan where it's in the same room. Josh and I are actually like next to each other, but talking well, with each other. Like remote, the remote guests, how do you make it look in the, in the zoom? Do you have like just two windows then you have? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. I, I guess that's the way you would do it. You'd have a zoom open and then, We'd be talking to a TV. Yeah, things to think about. Yeah, these are good. Um, all right. So just looking at the time, Yolanda, we want to wrap this up. Uh, something I, I always say this is something new. We've we've started. It's not new. Every time we have a guest on the show, we have what we call a lightning round. It was new at some point. It was new. Once upon a time, it was new. Um, and actually, I kind of just clicked this together in my head now. Uh, we have lightning talks every Friday. That's why we called this the lightning round. I just made sense of that right now. Um, so anyways, uh, Yolanda, this lightning round, basically, I'm going to ask five questions. And you can answer them as, as concisely as you like. Um, let's get into it. So number one question, do you have a favorite book or book that you've gifted the most? Book that I've gifted or that I've gotten as a gift? a uh, book that you've gifted uh, or just a favorite book or just pick any book I yeah don't know. <laughs> answer the question um so i actually have two of my all-time favorite books so i'm sorry i have to pick two um the first one is um in the realm of hungry ghosts by dr gabor mate mm -hmm. and um the second one is i actually have it here it's called this spirit catches you and you fall down by ann fadimon uh they're both like health type books. The first one in the realm of hungry ghosts by Dr. Gabor Mate is um, about the, um, the, the drug use in uh, Vancouver and, and Dr. Gabor Mate is a psychiatrist there and, and he just talks about addiction and, and um, 
it's really, really great um, talking about how, you know, your mentality and all that stuff. Uh, it's, a, it's a pretty great read. And, and the second one, um, it talks about um, the American healthcare industry and how um, different cultures and different cultural perceptions and understandings of, of health and medicine really impact, you know, people and the choices that you make and, and not everything is science and not everything we have an answer for. So pretty great books. Mm -hmm. I know the first one. I'll, I'll check out that second one. That one's really good. Yeah. Um, second question, who is a person either dead or alive who you'd love to meet? Um, so I had, this was a, this is a tough one. Recent, this, this sounds kind of stupid. Um, but I used to, <laughs> I used to go to church a lot and it wasn't until recently that it really clicked in that Jesus Christ was a real person. Um, so I think I would like to meet, um, either Jesus Christ or, um, Abraham or like Buddha, any of the major figures that have shaped, um, the major religions that happened in the world. I want to talk to the person that like people, uh, worship or, or, you know, talk about just to see, um, what they think, you know, like, did you, did you know that you're going to create this huge religion that that's uh, a lot of people follow? Who knows? Be great. Alan, uh, Yolanda's answer actually gave me an idea for like a new future lightning round question. Yeah. So, so um, like imagine there was a time machine and you could go back and live maybe for like a week at any year and like geography and the history of time. Like where, what year and where would you want to spend a week at? Hmm. That's a good question. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> inspired by you Yolanda. I'm like oh yeah you go back and you could live like when, you know, when yeah. Jesus lived or I mean who knows what else someone else wants to live in but yeah. I have an answer to that too you yeah well, what's your answer what's your answer oh this is really colored by the tv show that I just finished last night some of you may know it it's called Rome <laughs> we just yeah. finished both seasons of Rome and I know it was extremely violent and um yeah, this is a very, very intensely violent time. But I would want to go back to the that era, you know, just to just to see what's up. Hmm. I guess. <laughs> Thanks, Alan. You're like, uh, okay, <laughs> probably get killed. Oh, it's it's <laughs> great. I, I'm just wondering, you know, how how would they treat uh, you back then in in Rome? But in Rome, you know. is she yeah. not Roman to you? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a good Well, there's a question. Who do, you, who do you think in the in our company would be most likely to be the person who says, I'm going to go back like a year ago and like change something about my life? Like some people are, will do what you oh, like. Interesting. Yeah, like, go back in history. Right. Like, I'm going to go back one year ago and like, and like do something different. Like there's two ways to look at the question, right? Yeah, um, yeah. One is selfish and the other is... <laughs> I guess a bit more selfless. Like the the initial one that came to my head was like, oh, Nazi Germany and like take out Hitler. But yeah, oh, the hero. <laughs> like I'd go back to last year when I don't know. I go back to an hour ago and just like do this entire podcast differently. <laughs> Ouch. Ouch. Uh, that's that's hurtful, Josh. Uh, I didn't know. I didn't. I, I better. <laughs> This is what Josh actually means, just like, Yolanda, you're the worst guest that we've had. I wish we could go back an hour so we could read. 
No, we're gonna ask somebody else. You know what's funny though? Like I I would have a problem with that question. Like I'm the kind of person where I would spend 30 minutes like on Netflix trying to pick what I wanted to watch. So you gave me a time machine. I would spend like days being like, oh gosh, where what time is (laughs) that's true. true, Yeah. Thinking of the time machine options as a Netflix option, like yeah. I'd be be terrible. I wouldn't go anywhere. (laughs) That's great. All right, question number three, Yolanda. Uh, do you have a favorite food? And if so, what is it? Okay, those who know me obviously know that it's pizza. I don't know you, apparently. What do you I think about me? I, I literally don't It's because Josh doesn't follow me um, on my social media, but I love pizza. I think I eat pizza probably like at least once a month. And it's like the whole week. Like you order one pizza and you eat it. Wow. So I eat seven days a month i eat pizza that's good you you said one month and i was thinking that's not that's not that bad actually that's that's pretty like i'm probably i probably get it about once a month but for the whole week that's a different story yeah yeah i don't waste you know you don't order a whole pizza and then waste the whole thing so sometimes you order two wait do you always order from the same place like you have a a Mm. favorite like pizza place or do you just kind of like randomly where was it where where 100 percent. i'm gonna get judged for this and i don't care I love pizza pizza. Every single person that I've told, I will stand by. It's consistent. They have the best creamy garlic dipping sauce. Consistently bad. And it's just, you know, whatever, whatever brand. I always know I'm going to get pizza pizza pizza, seven creamy garlic dipping sauces, and you're good to go. (laughs) (laughs) You're not kidding. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I believe you. I definitely believe you. Uh, Question number four. <laughs> I'm just skipping past. Question number four. Uh, <laughs> would you rather have super strength or super speed? Um, I would rather have super strength because um, I think strong women are very necessary and also strength can come in both physical and mental form. So super strength. Hmm. That's a good point. Yeah, we didn't define what super strength was. So yeah, super mental yeah mind of steel <laughs> and then would you choose super mental strength or super physical strength if you could only choose one physical strength people oh. are gonna think that i'm so shallow well actually wait, wait. Oh, oh, would you use it though yeah super regular strength yeah yeah like what what's the main use case I'll tell you why I asked. So, so like, okay, this was like, 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 like a thousand years ago, where like you had to like push boulders and stuff, where people did back then. Like, I mean, okay, strength, yeah. But like today, I'm just like, how many things do I lift in a day? Yeah. Uh, that's a really great question. Well, and I'll give, I'll give you an example. Uh, Daniela was on the the show last week or, or two weeks ago, maybe at this point. Um, and she chose super strength, and the reason was because she wanted to open pickle jars or, or open jars oh. that are. That are hard to open. You were gonna say sorry. I, well, I don't. I don't know if they're hard to open, but she just wanted to be able to open jars. <laughs> <laughs> okay, super strength because I assume if you're super strong and you're doing like strong people things, it'll make you really hungry. So you could probably eat more because you're super strong. For more calories. Yeah, 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 your muscles. Your muscles need more. Yeah. Eats <laughs> for like fourteen days a month. Exactly, <laughs> and you might not like look you know, it doesn't matter what you look like you're just gonna have like an unsatiable appetite and I feel like one of my biggest 
like not fears, but I really hate it when you're eating something and then you start feeling full mm. and you still have a lot to go, like a long way to go. So, so you're saying but, if your body needs more calories because you're, you're super strong, then you, you feel okay, you know, just, just eating <laughs> way more. What I'm hearing is ideally, instead of spraying the pizza over seven days, we just eat it all <laughs> like one day. Yeah. All right. Oh man. That's good. No, okay. Seamless now. Last, last question, Yolanda. This is a, a COVID-19 related question. Um, what is one hobby, activity, or skill that you've gotten into since the beginning of the pandemic? I'll give you two. One is uh, actually enjoying running for a long time outside. I used to hate it. And number two is keeping plants alive. Mm. So plant and running. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed that runner's high? I always hear about people, they get like this runner's high when they're, they're out on a run. I've never had it. I, I don't know what it is. No. You've I don't not had it. that? No, I don't uh, get it. For me, running is just like um, running. Like I would not run more than an hour, I think. Maybe an hour and a half max. I find it incredibly boring, mm-hmm. but um, it's, it, it gets my energy out, so. So I think what I've heard is that this runner's high thing is just something made up by runners. It's not real. <laughs> yeah. And when I've asked people about it, they've said like, oh no, you just got to keep going. It's just a little bit more and then you'll get it. <laughs> like, really? Like, all right. Am I there yet? Yeah. That's funny. That's good. And then keeping plants alive. That's always a, that's always a good, a good skill. Different plants too, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's right. Oh, that's good. I oh yeah. Awesome. Well, Yolanda, I had uh, a blast on this podcast today talking about culture and CMOS MD's culture and fostering a good culture during COVID-19 and remote work. Um, definitely really inspiring to, to know that you're, you're thinking about this so deeply and, and you really are um, taking it quite seriously and, and making you know, efforts to, to circumvent potential problems that arise with remote work and how you view the team and growing the team and, and building culture. And I think that's really awesome. And so I hope people listening to this podcast will, um, you know, take note of that and, and really kind of get a, a sense for what the CMOS MD culture is like and, and hopefully maybe be able to add something to the culture as well. Uh, like we said, it's a paella or some sort of burrito of some kind and a, a mixing pizza. pot. So, yeah, pizza. So, um, so I, I think with that, uh, I just want to say thank you again, Yolanda, for, for being on the show today. Uh, it's been great. Thank you, Yolanda. Thank you, guys. It was fun. <laughs>